Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. And as you know, if you listen to the show regularly, I love talking about coaching and I love bringing coaches on the show. Michael Fow is founder and president of Crossways Life Coaching. Michael is an author, speaker, coach, mentor, and trainer. He holds a master's degree in education and has more than 4,200 hours of coaching business and individual clients. Michael partners with Christians in midlife around career development, performance, and transitions. He's also mentors new coaches around skill and business development, developed an interest in neuroscience through the work he does to help clients get unstuck, which often centers around mindsets and beliefs. And he's actually coached me. He was one of my instructors when I was uh, getting certified in coaching as well. And along with his own coaching practice, Michael serves as an instructor for uh, the Professional Christian Coaching Institute and the Life Calling Institute. I went through PCCI. Uh, You can learn a lot about his coaching uh, and coaching and the brain by visiting crosswaylifecoaching.com. So Michael, you also hold many coaching certifications. So you've been doing this for a long time. You're trained and you're certified. And thank you for joining us here at Itch Community. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And it's a pleasure to be on. And thank you for uh, inviting me. Uh, pleasure talking with you. I, I've loved working with you over the years since I've been trained and certified myself. So I want to talk to you about overwhelm, the how people are being overwhelmed and anxious um, about what's going on in the world, the impact it's having on people and your study of coaching and the brain. So let's talk about this, this feeling that people have and how they're dealing with feeling this feeling of being overwhelmed, especially since the pandemic started. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it really is a uh, pandemic in and of itself, uh, the, this overwhelming yeah. uh, thing going on. And lots of, uh, yeah, lots of people I think were hoping things would settle down in this past January seemed to be, but things have not settled down as we know, and there's just continues to be more uh, anxiety uh, inducing events and things that, that are uh, incurring. So, this is a really uh, important topic and a topic that all of us need to pay attention to. So um, as, as thinking about that and starting, one of the first things we have to do is understand how our brain works in order for us to understand what can we do to navigate the uh, current uh, environment and situation we're in and, and really any time that we might be faced with that. So. Thinking about that, Vanessa, the first part uh, of the brain to just consider is called the prefrontal cortex. Uh, Some of your listeners, and you've probably heard of that, but just as a reminder, it sits behind our forehead. So it's the area between our temples, right behind the forehead. And it's the brain region implicated in planning complex cognitive behavior, personality expression, decision-making and moderating social behavior. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's a lot of what we do. Uh, We are planning uh, things that we wanna do. We're expressing ourselves, our personality, we're making decisions and we're trying to moderate our our social behavior, make sure that we show up 
well. Uh, it also is that biological sleep seed of conscious interactions that we have with the world, uh, which is uh, the, the place that we are setting goals, making plans, evaluating things. Um, and it really fits with overwhelm as we think about, uh, there's, a, there's a book called Your Brain at Work by David Rock. Mm. And I love the analogy he uses of a stage. And he describes the prefrontal cortex as a stage with different actors jumping on and off that stage. And the actors are your thoughts. And his premise is, and, and it's true, that when there's too many actors on the stage, we get overwhelmed. Mm. I could relate. Michael, <laughs> I can relate. And so what, um, what led you as a coach and an educator, because you have an education background, to want to study the brain and understand it and use these tools with your clients? Now, what I noticed, um, and as you said, even just for yourself, because I noticed it for myself, yeah. is that my performance, and I see seen this with my clients, the way we show up, our performance is can be impacted at a number of places. And one of them is definitely how we take in information, how we assimilate information, and how we structure our environment. Mm. Uh, there's a great little formula uh, that's the letters P equals P minus I. And what that means is performance equals your potential minus interference. Okay. Your performance equals your potential minus interference. And Tim Galway, he's the author of uh, The Inner Game of Tennis. He, he writes about this in another book called The Inner Game of Work. And the performance I was seeing in myself and my clients, and you're saying even yourself, equals your potential, all the things that you have, your gifts, your skills, your experience, all your strengths, all of the, everything that's in the plus column for you, minus the interference. And it's that interference that this neuroscience and this work around the brain has a direct impact and helps to mitigate can you give me an example, Michael, of an interference? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So one of them is, as we were just talking about interference, the idea of putting too many or having too many actors on the stage. And so sometimes there is this idea that um, multitasking, we hear a lot about that, right? Oh, multitasking is a great thing. Uh, but it actually undermines productivity and success. And the reason for that is it's overloading the stage. There's, there's too many actors on it and the brain can't really function in that capacity. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I learned that from pers personal experience, Michael, uh, multitasking is actually the worst thing uh, that I learned a long time ago. Um, in fact, it was an editor when I was starting out as a new journalist some many years ago. 
And she noticed that I was struggling with focusing on the article at hand. Like, and she goes, she said to me, Vanessa, you need to clear your desk of every single thing other than the article you're working on. Everything needs to be clear. And I'm like, why? And and she's like, because you don't want any distractions and you don't want to multitask. Well, this was long before, Michael, uh, social media and, you know, even before we were obsessed with emails. And now we're getting so distracted in so many ways that, you know, I learned from personal experience, multitasking, I'm, I'm, I never do good at anything because I'm trying to do too many things all at the same time and nothing has my 100% attention. Right. Yeah. No, and that's uh, your editor and, and what you discovered is exactly what science uh, has proved, has proven with uh, this area of the prefrontal cortex. And one of the things I always um, thought was interesting, and, and I don't see this anymore, mm-hmm. um, at least I'm not noticing as much as a lot of job descriptions used to say, must be able to multitask. I don't know if you've, Wow, that's a great that's a great observation. Yeah, yeah, and and now looking at that now, I'm thinking, no, no, you you actually, yeah, actually going to undermine your your performance on the job. Yeah, it should say must be able to focus on one task at a time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're talking with Michael Fow here. Uh, He's one of my instructors that I had with PCCI and. He's coached me as a, as a new coach and coming into the, adding this service to my company, Epiphany Communications and Coaching. And we're talking about being overwhelmed and the way the brain works. And Michael, what, what, is, what else is behind this feeling of overwhelmed and how to tame this? How do we tame this? You know, you know, we talked about taking one task at a time. What else can we do to tame this overwhelmed feeling that we're having? Sure, yeah. So the, the focus is a big part as you were saying, just putting one thing on the stage as well. Um, and in, and in sort of another funny example that you might uh, be reminded of here is, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, but it sure has to me, where I get up and I go into a room and I'm with a purpose, Vanessa. I go into that room to, to get something. And while I'm going there, <laughs> let's say I get a text message or something else gets my attention and I end up forgetting why I even went in the room oh yeah um, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that again is that what happens you know and how can you see this happening in your life but but it does require that idea of focus uh, you mentioned clearing your environment making sure that you're giving yourself um, space so that you're not going to get distracted uh, we're gonna you know think about I'll share a little bit more about another part of the brain that can help with this. But one of the other things you can do is when the energies. So I don't know, different people have different. They're like, oh, I'm a morning person. I'm a night person. I'm sure. Um, and so you want to structure your time that when your energy, when you feel like your brain is most alive, that's where you're doing that important work. The, the couple of hours that really are project or high value kind of work that you want to want to do because what happens is productivity uh, starts to drop off as the brain's energy is depleted and that's just normal it's it's everybody's brain will experience this um and trying harder doesn't work uh, you know just pushing through and 
and they've seen this uh, in work environments, you know, after eight, nine, 10 hours, whatever, people's productivity starts to definitely trail off. And so just pushing through isn't going to work, but things that might are taking a nap um, or eating glucose rich foods like grapes, apples, bananas, things like that, that are going to help to uh, restore some of the energy that the brain loses during the day. You know, that's a really good point, Michael, because listening to you talk, I was just thinking around 1.30 every day. So after this conversation, um, I'll go for a walk uh, and I just need that break. I need to go walk for about a mile around my block and mm -hmm. just clear my mind uh, in the middle of the day. You know, um, and it, it just refreshes me. And I will have an apple as a snack or grapes. And I noticed that when I do that, when I just move away from my computer, out of my office, go for a walk, go outside, I can, I can rejuvenate my brain and, and think clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about I, this is your, your um, sharing it, your, uh, yeah, your program is geared towards coaches, right? So yeah. one of the things to think about is that as we coach a client, during that call, their brain, their prefrontal cortex is, is really engaged a lot because it's that area, again, that's doing the complex cognitive behavior. And so we should expect that the brain is going to get tired, feel more fatigued by the end of the call. Sometimes we'll notice that with our clients at a certain point, uh, they may hit a wall and just not be able to continue to process deep things, um, yeah. but rather do the action steps, the planning. Okay, this is how I want to move things forward. Um, and, and so that's a, just a nice way to honor the client's, uh, human humanity and, and just, okay, this is what's going on. And, you know, conversely, when they show up at the beginning of the call, we talked about the stage, they may need to clear the stage in order yeah. to be fully present. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we like to bring thought leaders on and coaches happen to be a lot of the thought leaders we bring on here in your community and people who have expertise in their area. And we're talking with longtime coach Michael Fow here, founder and president of Crossway, Crossways Life Coaching. He's an author, speaker, coach, mentor, and trainer. He has more than 4,200 hours of coaching businesses and individual clients. Uh, he partners with Christians in midlife around career development, performance, and transition. We're talking about coaching in the brain. It's so fascinating. And, you know, I have some tools that I too use, Michael, when it comes around, when it centers around the brain and the way that we think and, and, and in a world where we've lived in a lot of fear and anxiety, and I don't want to get into politics at all, but we know we're so divided in this country and people mm -hmm. have played on other people's fears and we see this happening in political climates. And so how do we deal with that? What's behind this overwhelming feeling of constantly being in fear and how do we deal with that? How do we move yeah. past that fear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, very palpable, right? Mm -hmm. um, the so it's interesting because uh, in the scripture, the Bible, it, that word fear not, that phrase in some form or another is actually mentioned 365 times. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I haven't counted them all, but I've heard that is the case. So I'm going to believe. <laughs> sure. But <laughs> those too. emotions, you know, this clearly it's there for a reason, which means people deal with this a lot. This is not just a 
a small segment of society or just a handful of folks, but nope, we, we all uh, deal with it. So these emotions, what happens is they're actually triggered by another part of the brain um, that's, that's multiple parts called the limbic system. It is a system. And this system touches every part of the brain, including the prefrontal cortex. Um, and the purpose of it is really to keep us safe. So this, mm. this part of our brain is designed to sense and, and let us know if something is a danger in order to keep us safe. So that's why when something comes across our prefrontal cortex, uh, what's happening is it is being evaluated. And the interesting thing is uh, we sense and take this information in. It starts at the base of our brain uh, stem, and then it passes through the limbic system before it gets to the prefrontal cortex. So it follows that journey. And what happens is when it goes through the limbic system, it does this evaluation. Is this safe or is this something that I should be concerned about? Mm. And that then triggers that fight, flight, freeze, or, ah, this is safe, you know, calm response. Um, yeah. And so if you're seeing a butterfly flying around, looking at your flowers, that's safe. That's beauty. We take that in uh, versus a snarling dog about to attack you. Um, and so your brain uh, is simply responding to what it senses as danger or or not. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening is, and of course these things are happening in milliseconds, this evaluation, and that happens, the determination that Vanessa actually happens based on what we've been programmed. So as, yeah. a, as a young child, there are patterns, there's things in our life that have happened and they help to inform, is this safe or not? And, yeah. and, it, and it has a direct impact on mm. how much fear or anxiety that we feel. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to fear and anxiety, Michael Fowl, and how does that keep us from performing at our peak performance or undermining our performance rather? Yeah, yeah, well, clearly one of the things that happens is if you are focused, you talked about focus earlier, right? Yeah. If you're focused on something that's, uh, causing you fear, you're not going to be focusing on something that's going to be a, a way out, a, an alternative, a, uh, cure, a, a new idea, something that's, that's going to potentially be, well, you know, okay, so that's not working, but this will. Um, and so it shuts down creativity. It such, shuts down the ability to think rationally. And that's all because, again, once the limbic system kicks in, it floods our brain with different chemicals like cortisol um, and, and adrenaline is another one that just creates a lot of emotion and feeling. And those things, uh, those, those negative feelings come on stronger and last longer than the positive uh, mm -hmm. hormones that we experience. Mm -hmm. So Michael, when you work with clients and you're coaching clients in business or one-on-one -on -one coaching, how much does this you know, the brain and coaching go hand in hand. I mean, how does that work for people listening? Well, one of the things with coaching uh, that 
is meant to be is to be a safe place. It's almost like creating this safe zone in which people can operate. And by moving into that place of safety with a coach, we are able to process and explore different situations, circumstances, relationships, possibilities, whatever it is, in that environment where we're able to surface whatever's going on, notice the response. Um, and one of the great techniques with this is in dealing with it is, is to actually name what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm feeling anxious right now. And so as a coach, when you consider that option, how do you feel? Well, I feel really anxious or I feel nervous or I feel excited. Um, so naming it, acknowledging it, and that actually has shown that it causes the emotion to lose its power. And, and second, you know, because one of the things that we don't want to try to suppress it, just, oh, no, I'm okay. You know, I'm not feeling because that's not going to work at all. Yeah. Um, and and in with the, within the coaching, then is in the third piece with this is just, you know, reframing it. So stopping the thought, naming it, and then reframing the situation. You know, what, what does that make possible for you? Mm -hmm. So, so Michael, for people listening, you know, um, coaching is still a growing industry, a new industry. And sometimes people confuse it with counseling or facilitating. Can you explain to our listeners the value of hiring a coach and how you work with clients? Sure. So, and that's a great question because I, you know, it is a new industry. It's, I don't think it's unusual for people I've heard of, of a coach, a life coach, business coach, leadership coach at this point. I, I started this 20 years ago, which was pretty much just athletic coaches were the sure. people know, but it's still vague and unknown exactly what does a coach do. So unlike a dentist, a doctor, a lawyer, a accountant, whatever, you know what they do. So yeah. you know what service you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, with a coach, one of the things that distinguish that between other helping professions is it is forward looking. So in counseling, you are dealing with typically some kind of a uh, problem or issue where the person is, is being stuck. Um, in fact, there has to be in order for a counselor to be able to be paid or use insurance, there has to be some kind of a code, a diagnostic code. And that diagnostic code is a indication of a problem. With coaching, and, and that focus is typically on resolving that problem because the person's stuck. They have to deal with a trauma, some kind of a issue that, that's holding them there. Um, and it's very obviously extremely needed, certainly needed with some of the things going on in our world. The difference between that and coaching is that the person is wanting to move forward. They have a forward focus and they are able to address whatever that fear or anxiousness might be in a healthy way that they can move forward, not where they keep circling back and they're still stuck and they're still unable to move forward because of some relational issue, some kind of issue that tr of trauma in the past, that type of thing. So 
the, the coaching is all around helping people who are uh, pretty much healthy emotionally, right? So we all got our issues, um, but as a, as a coach and in a coaching process where we are partnering with people as they move forward uh, towards what they want, not trying to find healing from something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Michael Fow, founder and president of Crossways Life Coaching. Michael's an author, speaker, coach, mentor, and trainer. Michael, what book did you write? Well, you're an author of what book? Actually, we wrote, uh, my wife and I sort of co- uh, put it together. It's called Only God, mm. Stories of How an Extraordinary God Showed Up in the Lives of Ordinary People. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And how, where is that available? Is it still available out there? That is available on my uh, products on my website. So yes, you can get a copy and it'll come to you in either a digital, it'll be a digital format in PDF, uh, e-reader, Kindle, one of those formats, whatever you, you want. There. Right. Crosswayslifecoaching.com is the website again, crosswayslifecoaching.com. We're talking with Michael Fow. He's the founder and president of Crossways Life Coaching. He's a longtime uh, coach. What prompted you, Michael, to go from the education uh, field with your master's in education to coaching? Yeah, so the um, my, I have sort of an interesting background, so... <laughs> I helped to start a church in, in the city of Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Um, and when I, when we moved there, um, there's not much, uh, uh, income in church planning in an inner city. So I ended up getting a job actually in the IT field, um, back in the day where you could do that without really a degree or knowing a whole lot uh-huh. and got the master's degree in education. I, I became a trainer and began uh, doing some work in the corporate environment that way, but also in the church that I was at in leading the uh, adult education and child education for children um, part of the church. And so I had a strong interest in that. I, I love, uh, I'm an Enneagram five and anybody knows what that is. I love learning, discovering, um, and as an out, uh, outlet and teaching. And so when I came across coaching, in fact, what got me interested in coaching was part of that uh, education process within the church. I was looking for ways to help equip people and have better uh, ways to do that. And I came across a book that was written uh, at that time. It was very recent called Christian Coaching by Gary Collins. And um, when I got that book, I just really was like, wow, this is so great and uh, began to teach these processes, these concepts. Uh, I hired my own coach, and then I ended up getting certified as a coach, enrolling in a, in a coaching program. And uh, after doing that, just said, okay, God, what's next? And he just opened up some doors that made it very clear that I would step away from the church involvement I had, move towards the coaching uh, area. So that's wonderful. Well, Michael, what else do you want to share with our listeners here on it's your community? Yeah, I think one of the uh, things to keep in mind. So we talked about the prefrontal cortex. We talked about the limbic system, what's going on there. Um, and one of the other things that we can do is, uh, this idea of, of distraction, right? So we have, uh, 
overwhelm, we have fear and anxiety, and we have distraction uh, going at us. And you mentioned this earlier. So there's a part of the brain that actually is involved in that called the anterior cingulate cortex, big fancy word. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's actually right, it's almost like breaks. If you can, if you touch your temples and it's, it's located on both sides of your prefrontal cortex and it's like breaks. And what happens is when our prefrontal cortex notices something new, oh, look at that shiny bouncing object um, or something different, something unique. It triggers that uh, to, to look at it, pay attention again, because we're trying to discern, okay, what should we do with this thing? And the anterior cingulate cortex is responsible for, for that, for what's going on. And so it lights up. In fact, it's what advertisers and advertising use to get our attention and marketers use to get our attention. So in order to get this, uh, keep us from getting distracted, we actually have to inhibit that uh, part of what's going on. And so you mentioned earlier about creating an environment that limits the distractions. Um, another way to do that is just to keep a notepad handy or something else where you can write some things down in order for you to continue to stay focused on any important work that you're doing. Um, and overall, you know, one of the things that really help us in, in general in our brain is practicing optimism. And it helps build up resilience. It helps build up our ability to be present, optimism, gratitude, thanksgiving. Uh, there's actually research that showed our brains are more productive, 31% more to be exact, when we are practicing these things. And so those are, those are the things we want to move towards. And uh, as we, again, performance equals our potential. So those are on the potential side, optimism, gratitude, thanksgiving, uh, and, and remove some of the interference. So our brain is 31% more productive when we exercise an attitude of gratitude. Yep. Pretty yeah. much. So uh, thank you, Michael Fow. Let's give out more, uh, any more information you want to give out to our listeners. We have like a couple minutes left with you here on Intra Community, your website again, or whatever you want to share with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. So if this is something that's piqued your attention, um, I'd love to connect. As Vanessa said, my website is crosswayslifecoaching.com. That's crossways with an S. And you can email me at mike at crosswayslifecoaching.com or just go to the website and put in your information. I have some free downloads and other things there. Um, I do have a, a class, a course that I teach around this called Coaching in the Brain. Uh, if you have some interest in that, you can find that on my website as well. And it really is expands on what we've shared. It's an eight, eight hour class. It goes over the course of eight weeks. Uh, much more on what you've learned here today and very practical to help you live with greater performance, greater fulfillment, and more peace in your life. Coaching in the brain, crosswayslifecoaching.com. Michael Fow, founder and president, thank you so much for joining us here on It's Your Community. You're very welcome. And it's been a pleasure to hang out with you, Vanessa. Always a pleasure talking with you, Michael. And if you have any questions or comments, show topics you want me to get to, 
You can easily find me at Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can also private message me on any of my social media platforms, including Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook and on Instagram. And as always, we remind you to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.